everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Gina Versa. Hey, how's it going? Good to uh, see you again. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Happy belated uh, Turkey Day. It's, mm-hmm. it's very cold every day now, unless you're mm-hmm. outside, but we can't be outside anymore. Mm-hmm. LA just got another lockdown order, so all <laughs> well, of our right. LA friends, listeners, podcasters, uh, stay safe, take care of each other wash your hands, masks, all that jazz. You know how it goes. Uh, but Gene, we, we got a different kind of show today, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do. We're doing an interview with one of our uh, guests, uh, fan, uh, one of our uh, listeners too, um, my good friend, uh, Chris White, joining us today. How are you, Chris? What's up, guys? Very good. Very good to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, Chris, we're talking about your short film, Rights, and we're going to and it's been playing at some festivals and we're going to talk to you about that. But let me uh, just do a brief uh, like recap of how we met each other because I've uh, known you like five yeah. years. But uh, we met on, on the set of uh, another guest that we had on here, a uh, film, Awaken the Shadow Man. Uh, it was called something different, but it's, uh, it was uh, produced by it's our called friend. The Ones uh, Above. The Ones Above. That was the original name. At the, at the time, yeah. Yeah, it was produced by our friend. Woodrow Hancock and uh yeah you were you were the one of the producers on it um that's right and, and uh dude that was uh such a crazy experience um do you want to talk a little bit about that just how we met and everything yeah I mean that, that was cool I think um if I remember correctly yeah because I, I was on there as an assistant producer and uh I was like hiring a lot of um I guess extra uh staff at the time and uh, I didn't interview. I interviewed you. Yeah. I think at a Starbucks, uh, and, and also Kara too. I think I think at the same Starbucks, yeah. not the same day. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I mean the rest is history. And then we we started making films together. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean that was my first, you know, real exposure, I guess, to the business side of. Um, you know, indie, indie filmmaking, uh, low budget filmmaking. Um, I learned a lot and, uh, I feel like, I feel like you did too. Yes. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it was really, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. There was some, uh, God, there's a lot of stories on that, but, uh, yeah, no, it was just cool. Just meeting everyone, just, uh, getting, you know, forming all these, uh, friendships and bonds, you especially. Sure. And, uh, yeah, when I've been in uh, Florida, we've hung out and everything and yeah, it's cool to see you um going off and like doing your own thing making these films so yeah man really uh proud of you yeah thank you uh what what have you been up to before we get more into the the film side of things we we of course we always talk about what we've been watching but just how in general this is the first time we've met so it feels even weird to just jump into this but like how have you been handling yeah, the, this year uh just as a creative um is is this the only thing that uh you're doing to stay afloat right now uh and just how are you because <laughs> i feel like that's the question we all need to ask ourselves this year yeah yeah um i always feel weird answering that because uh i i always answer like and like so positively like i i feel like i'm actually doing quite well um <laughs> And I feel like that's the wrong answer, um, you know, because the world is just is fucking collapsing um, around us. So obviously, I you know, am not happy about that. But you know, I have been lucky enough to, uh, like I said, continue to uh, teach at Valencia uh, and some other schools online. Uh, and then also, you know, I thank God I had before COVID um, got out of control. Uh, I had just finished rights. So, you know, I wasn't in the middle of, of production of filming anything, uh, you know, during, during COVID, uh, that would have been, that would have been really, really fucking depressing. Yeah. Uh, having to, I can't imagine, you know, uh, people, especially beginning artists, beginning filmmakers, just starting off, uh, and you know they're just starting maybe say their first or their second film and then covid hits and then they have to put the brakes uh on for for months that i imagine you know i i really feel their pain anyone who who had to go through that because that's just so so frustrating 
I mean, even just on a regular film set, especially when it's your movie, it's your money, it's your vision. Uh, and then even there's just like a slight holdup, you know, that is fucking terrible. And, and I feel like hard to even deal with. So um, I guess to return to your question, you know, I, I have been, uh, I'm very grateful uh, and that I've been, you know, pretty lucky uh, in this situation. And, um, you know, I spend a lot of time in post-production anyway. So that kind of lasted me for, for most <laughs> of this year uh, yeah. with rights. So yes, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm getting, you know, plenty of sleep and exercise and trying to uh, just trying to stay positive. Yeah. That's, that's all you uh, can do at this point. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I think things are uh, overall looking better. Like there's a outline of a light at the end of the tunnel. Overall, but, yeah, yeah. Silver lining, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just need to make it through like what, like two or three more months. we're not we're not trying to make this like a downer episode or anything like that but i i think honestly that it's good that that you're feeling good um i i think right now we could just take the wins we can get and i i like hearing that people are out there who are 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 doing all right that's that that's good that's good um on a much lighter note what what have you been watching have you been watching a lot of stuff i was looking forward to this question um (laughs) so this is one of this question i've been waiting for so i actually um just random so a couple nights ago i put on this is like maybe the fifth or sixth time i've seen it uh force majeure you guys seen this film yeah Uh, the is is it the remake it's the the movie that created uh had that will ferrell remake right Oh God, did it? I don't know. I oh fuck, you're right. No, forget forget that shit. Uh, the original, the original yeah. force majeure. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Uh, from I guess it's technically a. It's I don't, I'm not really sure. I guess it, it takes place in France in a, at a ski mm-hmm. resort in France. Um, but they speak, I think, in both in French and um, fuck, I don't know maybe Dutch or something. I'm not sure what, what the other Dutch, is. Danish, one of those. Yeah, one of, one of those in, in that, yeah, that region that uh, all sounds the same to me. But um, I watched that, um, you know, still still very good. Maybe, it, I guess it didn't hit me as hard as it did when I first saw it in the theater. I, I guess that makes sense that it wouldn't. But uh, still really lived up to the memory that I had of it. Uh, and then last night, actually, I started rewatching um, Carol. Oh, uh, I love that movie. First time uh, in in a, in a while. I don't know. I I'd been thinking a lot about like sixteen millimeter and and like you know that grainy kind of film look. And I was like, oh, what movies like can I really get like you know uh, that that look from? I, I don't know. I was just in the mood for that, and uh, I was browsing my library, and I was like, oh yeah, Carol, perfect. Um, and it just looks so goddamn good uh the 16 millimeter that i shot it on it you know i don't i don't know if i'm guessing they're using like 70 80 lenses on top of that or something yeah um but it's just it's it's really really gorgeous um yeah and then you know tons of other movies that i'm and i watched uh gra- i rewatched gravity uh i think about a week ago which was you know good good as i remember yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you brought up Carol and 16 millimeter because we're heading to Christmas season. Carol ha- has a little Christmas vibe going on in there. Yeah, and right. uh, yeah. I I love 16 millimeter. I'm not like a, a film versus digital purist at all, but yeah. I love that look. That yeah, that grainy, warm feeling. And if you yeah. apply it to like a horror movie, it gets like really disturbing. And there's oh, just yeah. like I don't know. I find it very comforting, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's my, I love to hear you say comforting because I mean, it, it really is, there's something about it that is kind of a warmth uh, that you, I mean, and that, and people say, they say that word all the time, you know, oh, it's just, it's just warmer. Um, but I really think it's kind of uh, appropriate because it just does have kind of that, like you said, almost, you know, you can't help but have this vintage uh, this look to it um, and, and kind of this, this coziness uh, almost. My dream, I would love to, um, I don't have the balls to do it yet, but, uh, or really the technical skill set, uh, frankly, but I would love to shoot something fairly big, uh, you know, mm-hmm. horror based in 16 millimeter. Um, I, I, 
I, I really am planning to do that uh, at some point. But um, speaking of which, uh, did you guys see uh, First Man that came out in 2018? Yeah. I did, yeah. 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 yeah, so that too, I think, was a great example of just like an, a really cool modern, you know, uh, repurposing uh, of 16 millimeter. I don't know. I mean, whether or not you liked the movie, I, I think it was it was definitely um, unique. I feel like in the in the way that, that they uh, the visuals uh, mm-hmm. and the whole look of it. I really admire that movie a lot. Yeah, I I, I do too, and yeah, because I guess they use like. There, there's some of the space stuff I think is like IMAX, but yeah, no one talks about the the 16 millimeter stuff on like the Earth based stuff, and I, I I think we're both big fans, right, Gene, of that movie? Yes, um, that was uh, one of my uh, one of my like top ten or something. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, but like uh, that was so underseen. Like I'd always like bring that up to people, and they're like, "What? Like what was that movie?" Yeah, for? it's really <laughs> sad. Like nobody talks about the movie nobody knows about hardly anyone <laughs> seems to know about the fucking movie uh and again i agree with eugene it was like one of the best movies i feel like to to come out that year um and i don't know for whatever reason it's just it yeah it right. really went under the radar for for a lot of people yeah yeah that one really stuck with me it's uh because i mean it's just not as it's just not just a space movie it's also uh you know, it's like a, it's more about uh, this father like losing his daughter, mm-hmm. and how he how he copes with that. So yeah, I really appreciated like that emotional look. Yeah, definitely. It was it was very um, definitely very emotionally driven uh, movie, and and also managed to balance that with a lot of, I don't know, I mean, excitement and action and mm-hmm. just really cool and uh and their space sequences and stuff i i if anything just the uniqueness uh of of those images i think was just like really cool yeah uh, really fun which is why i was just surprised uh that it didn't really you know get uh get more get more attention right and you know like all the performances are great so i don't, I don't know like back of the drove people it has uh cory stoll as buzz aldrin you know he he's, oh okay he's one of the best yeah you know i wish they could have uh if you guys ever seen that clip where it's like redone that clip of like buzz aldrin like punching a conspiracy theorist in the face because <laughs> the guy's telling him the moon landing was fake and he just like gets up in his face nice. he's a 75 year old man punching a 30 year old guy and just knocking him out oh nice that's what i need <laughs> yeah just you know all the uh like anti-mask people <laughs> just in the face yeah but uh but anyway yeah no that's that's one of the better films of that year for sure <laughs> yeah it was um I'm, and then i guess as far as uh, on another note uh, i'm reading uh, i'm constantly reading i'm reading the three musketeers right now i don't know if if you guys get down with like alexander dumas french uh swashbucklers mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but that's that's been pretty interesting I'm about halfway through that mm-hmm. Um, I love um, the the concept of the Three Musketeers. I've never read it. I haven't. I honestly, I haven't been doing as much reading this year as I should have. My brain's just been like, it, it felt like it's been on autopilot for a lot, which is probably why, why I'm watching like more TV than I usually do, for example. But uh, that, that's that's interesting. No, 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 because I, I I need to get down back into reading now. Like I, I used to be a big Shakespeare nerd. Um, oh in high school okay. like i not acting yeah. i i don't want to act but like i just found it so fascinating because so, so many people were like oh it's boring and i'm like this is the funniest thing like ever yeah it doesn't i felt like a pretentious asshole but i loved it you know so it's cool to hear that other people like stuff from that era too yeah i um you say shakespeare i mean that that's like you know i guess technically middle english uh the lighthouse isn't I guess I guess the lighthouse is early modern English, but uh, when I think of shake, when I think of literature, I for for me it is kind of the language uh, that is just so appealing. Obviously, the story uh, is it is incredibly important, but um, the way in which those stories were told uh, is just so dramatically different um, from you know 
the way in which stories are told now. And it's just, uh, again, I, the reason why I think of The Lighthouse and why I just admire that movie so much uh, is the script, is just the dialogue, the language. Uh, I don't understand how uh, Robert Eggers really fucking did it um, because the dialogue, I think, is just one of the most appealing parts of, uh, of, that, of that film. I don't know if you guys are a fan, if you guys saw it, or, or huge, yeah. huge fan. Yeah. Great. Well, well great. We, we can continue this interview then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, this, this is really the big out. test we've been tossing out every once in a while. It's like, does this person like the lighthouse then? Yeah. If not, then, you yeah. know, we'll cut it short. We'll do like a 15 minute interview. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like, you know, went through kind of an obsessive period with it. And, um, you know, I would just get high and just watch the lighthouse and I would just do it again and again and again and again. Uh, so I feel like I kind of ingested <laughs> like that. I, I like live in that movie uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, anytime you guys want to talk about the lighthouse, you know, let me know. Yeah, we'll do well, fuck yeah. yeah. We 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 did a a, a retrospective on or not a retrospective. I, I get this is right. We did an episode on it last year uh, with a, a guest uh, from Talk Film Society, Alejandro Gonzalez. Uh, I'm still very proud of that episode, but I'm more than happy to talk about that even more because yeah. that that's a great film. Um, I, I guess before we get to what Gene and I have been watching too, uh, I have to ask what kinds of movies it sounds like you like the vintage kind of style but like what what are your biggest like cinematic touchstones i guess for inspiration on your own projects or stuff that you want to work on in the future yeah um that's always a fun question and a scary question um i mean yeah i guess honestly rob eggers uh i i I want to be him i guess i'll just admit (laughs) it um I just I really love what he's doing, and I and I, I'm really excited about the Northman uh, that he's got coming. Um, the cast looks amazing. The concept. I'm sure. Are you guys familiar with his his upcoming film? The Northman? Yeah. Yes, it's a a Viking revenge epic, I yeah. believe. Right. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's so, amazing. That's yeah. So whatever this like potential future Eggers is is uh, someone that I can't help but kind of be inspired by. Um, you know, uh, I I used to uh, really be pretty obsessed with um, Terrence Malick um, and his his early filmography, especially the the last um, few films he's done, uh, with the exception of A Hidden Life, I thought were kind of stupid. Uh, <laughs> but I was- I will go to bat for that like one IMAX movie he did for like all the museums. Was it like the Pat? Yeah, Voyage of Time. Yeah, Yeah. Voyage of Time. I'll go to bat for that one, but like none of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Tree of Life uh, and the the first five films, uh, in my personal opinion, are like masterpieces. I I think they're they're really unique uh, and they're really you know, in, in the world of cinema to be reckoned with uh, and something that you, you can't, like if you're talking about cinema, it, it's impossible, I think, to, to talk around Malik, you know, especially those first five films. Um, and that, I don't know, I guess you could say that's, that sounds pretentious as fuck, but uh, <laughs> I mean, just in my opinion, you know, I, I think he's really, he's really fucking good uh, and he makes really, really unique stuff. Um, and so there was a, a time before I was making movies where, you know, I, I, I never thought to myself, like I could be that, or I never thought to myself, I wanted to be that. Cause I don't really want to be a Malik or anything. I don't take myself that seriously. Um, but uh, you know, you just ask about movies, you know, that, that inspired me movies that, that um, really motivated me. And I think there'll always kind of be something there um, or something of him. You know, uh, I guess in in some small way uh, of of what I do, although I make extremely different movies than that guy, um, and wouldn't even attempt to to make the stuff that he's he's made. But um, yeah, I mean, I uh, definitely definitely Malik. Um, Children of Men, 
uh, it's just one of those movies. Um, when you ask this question, I, I can't, I can't really avoid. Uh, I love Children of Men. That's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. So no, I, I, I like hearing that. Um, I, I am also uh, a huge Terrence Malick fan. I, I'm definitely in the minority that has enjoyed like the last decade of this stuff, but I, I yeah. do think like Hidden Life and mm-hmm. Tree of Life uh are like they, they they clearly stand like head and above the pack of of those you know um yeah but uh i'm also glad to hear children of men because that might be a very relatable film lately for some people mm, yeah. like literally just like it, it feels like the world is like that at times right now yeah um but yeah th- th- those are those are great ones you know people usually say stuff like spielberg and george lucas and stuff like that and love those too Mm-hmm. can't fucking avoid bringing up star wars on like any of these podcasts <laughs> ever but you know i i'm it's just nice to hear that people have other touchstones like and inspirations too it because cinema is, yeah. is such a broad like well art I'm, form. I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to star wars uh i would never say i dislike star wars or anything but uh i don't love star wars in the way that most people love star wars i mean i have uh the first six on blu-ray you know so and i watch them frequently i really like them but um yeah i mean there's i don't know i i guess i can't help but like the things that i'm inundated by as a consumer as a viewer uh the things that take zero effort um i just i don't know i just grab i just kind of tend to to go in the other direction um i i'm just kind of weird and i like my movies kind of weird i I guess no Uh, no i i I love that man i mean to to kind of shift over to uh what what gene and i are watching then um i I haven't been watching a lot i we're doing like here you go here's here's a big pivot uh we've been doing a avatar the last airbender legend of korra retrospective on those right and so like that's kind of all i've been watching lately and uploading those soft candy colored yeah no i I get it yeah yeah that's funny i actually watched avatar uh for the first time this was again this was less than a month ago i was like fuck it like you know what i haven't seen and i had the blu-ray i was like this movie gets a lot of shit you know for good reason it's silly you know uh but at the same time it's like kind of fucking mind-blowing too on a a visual level in so many ways I i was like screw it so i just put it in and um i watched about half of it <laughs> and i was like oh, okay i think that's good enough <laughs> but still still awesome though still just like a, a movie you, you can't again it's like people can can make fun of it as much as they want but on a i'm, I'm the type of person that's like i don't need a movie to check every single box in order for me to admire it you know uh and this is actually how I think of Christopher Nolan's films. I mean, he's probably one of the most deeply flawed filmmakers <laughs> that we have. But at the same time, he's he's so far and beyond in certain uh, specific avenues than 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 any other filmmaker too. You know, so, and that it's the same with all of his movies. I think there's there's there are certain things about all of his movies where I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. He completely fucked this up. <laughs> um but then there are other aspects where i'm like oh my god that is so good and it kind of almost um it 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 makes those aspects that i'm lukewarm on i guess a little bit more forgiving uh if, if that makes sense so no, no I, I i totally understand because we have the uh <laughs> the movie right we we finished the first three seasons of the show we're due we've i'll be uploading the official avatar last airbender movie retrospective next week uh like a day after this episode goes up and um there are thoughts uh but i i will say visually that that film has just a lot going on and i'm not negative on all of that that there's there's my tease for that episode (laughs) um anything else i've been watching uh (laughs) i've been watching a lot of david lynch because lynch lynch is my boy uh i've been rewatched i've rewatched inland empire here's a confession like once a week for like the last two months (laughs) And I just can't stop. I am no closer to deciphering like any specific take on that film. I think I brought it up on every episode that Gene and I have recorded too, but like, it's so fascinating what he does with like the low res texture 
of like mm-hmm. the the dv photography um it's basically like like channel surfing a crazy person's mind oh, but it's nice. also kind of like touching and i think i i think he's trying to say something about like how much he loves like just doing what he does i think he just loves making movies obviously but like he's trying to convey something more sincere uh than the horrifying images he's presenting us with um i don't know lynch isn't for everyone but uh he is for yeah i mean i've uh I'm not the biggest Lynch fan, but I, I, I have, I have several of his, I think I have, um, uh, I know I have a race for head on Criterion. I think I have blue velvet on Criterion. Um, oh, the essentials. At least those two. Oh, and, and I have a Mulholland drive on Criterion. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love the shit out of those movies. Um, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, uh, God, it, yeah. Again, it, like I can't help but, but admire, um, unique voice unique vision that he has uh and just kind of the willingness to just say fuck it and just do it and just like do what's in his heart and um and not really give a shit yeah i saw uh two of those at the drive-in blue velvet and uh Mulholland drive um about two months ago for beyond fest and yeah those still hold up and i think at a drive-in they're even more creepy and mysterious oh i bet yeah that has to be perfect seeing seeing the especially those two at uh at a drive-in yeah 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 let me some uh david lynch as well yeah uh confession i still have not seen the straight story that's the last oh. one hey it's I, not I like... feel <laughs> i know like, i know it's on disney plus and everything on disney like, plus yeah i i i don't know if i want to f- finish it yet until i know he has something for sure like that's finished and ready to release as well. I don't want it to be done, you know. Yeah. That's a completely selfish me thing, but I'll get there eventually. For sure. Are you guys um not to com- take this in a totally different direction, but well, no, no, fuck it. That happens all the time. Yeah, it just made me think of uh the upcoming uh Fincher film oh, Mank. Comes out you got it for Mank. I am excited. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't know if I'll see it like tonight at midnight because I'll like. Oh, uh, is it dropping today? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, right? shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't really... oh, yeah so th- th- this will go up early for patrons a couple days before. So, patrons, get out there <laughs> and, and check out the new David Fincher movie. Um, I, we're again, we're recording this before this, this drops. So, my quick take will be I liked it. I'll just put something there. <laughs> <I>, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I, it, it looks I it looks awesome. Um, and Gary Oldman is is quite possibly my favorite actor. Okay. Um, I th- I think he might be number one uh, for me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's about uh, about Gary that is just so like electric. He's, he's yelling. A, huh? It's just the yelling. Like, have you watched The Professional? <laughs> just him yelling. <laughs> No, no, he, he he's he's yeah, no, great he's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, I mean everything from uh, Dracula, right, even to his recent stuff. I mean, the guy is just so versatile. He's so all over the place. It's nuts, just like the range that as a performer he can handle, and that he's mm. shown that he's been able to do. Uh, and also just like the amount of great movies that he's been in. I mean, you have guys like Daniel Day Lewis you know, who's amazing, one of my favorite actors. Um, but his filmography is like this. Like he's, you know, he's, he's really, I feel like he's probably, I could be totally wrong on this, but I feel like he hasn't even been in half the amount of films as, uh, as say, like an old man yeah. or something. So excited to see him, uh, see what he does and, and make, and, and excited to see what Fincher, you know, pulls off and, and make as oh. well. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I I love Fincher. Um, I'm I'm very curious about this because I'm about to go off on a love tangent, and <laughs> and I'm Do also it. gonna say that I love his Alien Three. I know he's disowned it, uh, <laughs> but I yeah. I I adore the Assembly Cut Special Edition, whatever it's called now. Uh, Alien Three. I, I'm very curious about your take on that. I you know I've only seen it one time. I need to go back uh, and watch Alien Three. Um, yeah, I, I'll admit I was part of the conventional whatever 
line of thought that it was the worst uh, <laughs> of all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I need to go back and, uh, and it's just, especially the assembly cut and check that out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the theatrical cuts missing like a straight up hour of film. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So like, I totally get why it had the reception it did. I tried to rewatch it and I just can't do it. But the, the quote unquote completed version, I know it, it was a hell of a film to make, but what's, what got finished is like, I, I think a real stunner of a film. But as for Fincher, like the work he, he has uh, kept under his belt, uh, I'm really excited for Mink because even the stuff I don't like adore from him, mm-hmm. it's just like, no one operates on his level of like yeah. technical expertise, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's weird. It's, it's insane. There's something uncanny about like a, a Fincher film for that reason. It almost may be kind of like um, robotic uh, and that there is just kind of this, like, like you said, technical virtuosity, this like precision uh, that he clearly just insists. I mean, I, I can't imagine how fucking, t- I, maybe it's great. But I, I would imagine it, this, it's also partly fucking terrible uh, working on a, on a Fincher film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, uh, and, yeah. And terrible. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, no gossip or anything here. Um, but I like, I don't, I don't know anything. But like, I think there's probably a reason why so many of his projects have fallen through. Like, <laughs> I, I might be wrong. I might just be talking shit. Um, yeah, maybe. Because I, I do love his work. But, you know he's known for like shooting a hundred takes in time and it's like yeah. bro yeah. <laughs> these are human beings but whatever whatever there's a scene in mank apparently that he shot for an entire week wow it's like the dolly shot in goodfellas but like even more intense yeah <laughs> oh i didn't hear about the dolly shot in, in goodfellas. oh the tracking shot excuse me with uh when they're going to the the bar oh okay yeah, yeah. They they shot that for like what a long time or? Uh, I think like a couple of days, I believe, right? Oh, okay. I mean, I, I might mm-hmm. you know understand, be more forgiving of say something like that. Right. Um, you know, but uh, just you know, a scene of talking heads, people at you know having brunch or something. I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Well, there's a method to his madness. No. Right. Yeah. And like he's he's one of the, the big like proponents of shooting digital, probably so he can shoot that many takes and not, <laughs> have, not spend that much money. I, I bet <laughs> that is the exact reason. <laughs> I bet that's exactly why. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but before before we get to the last segment, I just want to say that I also think it, it is kind of cool how how big of a push he's made for digital because like you know, everyone always has like the debate about CGI and whatever. It's like, do you yeah. know how much CGI he hides in those movies because he knows how to use those tools? Like, yeah. it's it's insane. Like, it's to- it's a total inspiration, you know. Yeah. And then Mank, like, I saw some people kind of dragging it on Twitter for like, oh, it's going for the old like pop and scratch sound aesthetics, and he's shooting digital, but he's trying to make it look like film. Like, why not shoot on film? Like, don't you yeah. see? Like, this is showing like the capabilities of what you can do with modern technology. Right. Like. To me, that's just super exciting. So yeah. that's, that's another reason I'm looking forward he, to that. He wants to save money for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, really, really quick. Yeah. I was just gonna. Oh. Well, I mean, I guess too though, you could make a case for kind of this like creative re pre. Can I say that creative recreation? I guess, or this like yeah, this yeah, recreation of um in, in a new way, um, which I think is really neat. You know, I mean, I did that a little bit on my uh, previous film, The Limits um we you know we shot it all digital we shot it on a red but uh we i mean it i don't know i I, it looks like film i I feel like i think we we did a pretty good job of making it very very again just like um textured uh and warm uh and, and vintage looking um and it's interesting to think that you know what you do uh giving your your digital footage is retro look, you're kind of creating this whole other thing um, as opposed to just literally shooting it, say on 35 millimeter or whatever, 16 yeah. or something. So, I mean, I think the, the digital versus film debate is just stupid, frankly. It's like, you know, we like movies 
you know, and, and that's really all that I think we really, I think it's, we can keep it as simple as that. And, and I just want to have an option. I just want there to be both. Like, give yeah. me, mm-hmm. give me the, the digital stuff. I think you, there's all kinds of unique things that you can do digitally. The Revenant, for example, you know, whether or not you like the movie, I mean, that movie probably realistically couldn't have been shot on film, you know, in order to get those kind of sequences captured literally in the Canadian wilderness uh, or in art. They shot it in like, the, they shot it in Canada and Argentina, yeah. literally in the fucking wilderness. I mean, yeah, you could, you could shoot on film, but I, I think that uh, having the freedom that Lubeski had the cinematographer you know, I think they shot on the Alexa Mini. I mean, that just probably opened so many doors uh, for them uh, creatively. So give me that, but also give me, you know, the lighthouse, you know, give me like real mm-hmm. film, you know, like give me, I want, I want it all. So yeah. Yeah. That's how, I'll leave that. I'll leave that. Yeah. I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, really quick, I was just gonna go over some movies I saw recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. By all uh, means. Yeah. Um, really wanted to put it out there. Everyone see Peninsula, the sequel to uh, Train to Busan. Oh shit! I really, I, really enjoyed that. I've seen Train Train to Busan. Oh actually. man, that's but like you know, right Train to Busan. You'll just end up watching on Netflix when you can't decide. So you'll probably end up seeing it. But uh, no, I felt like um, because it's a heist movie, but then it's also like an escape from New York. It like changes genres several times um, mm-hmm. and everyone should check that out. Uh, it's it's a little different to, uh, from, tra- from Train, but, you know, it, it manages to stand out. It really elevates the zombie genre. Um, so really want to put right. that out there. Recommend that. Uh, sold in. I saw, uh, unfortunately, Hillbilly Elegy, which no one should see. Oh, shit. I have no idea what that is. It's like the Ron Howard movie on Netflix. It's, it sounds excellent. Uh, no, <laughs> um, no. It's, Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> okay, so I'll avoid that. Yeah. I, um, and the opposite of that is like Uncle Frank, which was on Amazon Prime. I'd really recommend that as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the Alan Ball movie, right? Yeah, that's the Alan Ball movie. Oh, okay. so. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's really nice. Definitely check that out. And then yeah, I was just like rewatching stuff like Black Christmas, the original, which I really enjoy. Kind of feels like timely, I guess, with uh, Christmas this year. Like, yeah, Co- a cozy COVID Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> like the killer is like a. Film you know, called that. You could you could make a case that the killer is now representing COVID. So. <laughs> you know never thought of that yeah that's that's what i took away but but yeah <laughs> i'll definitely check out train of busan because i've heard of that and uh yeah. i guess you said it's sequel peninsula i'll check those out yeah no it's on Redbox. so cool. yeah just want to throw those recommendations out there hmm. I, i've been meaning to watch peninsula because i got really hyped from the trailer but uh, oh yeah no yeah it's a, it was a great trailer all right, but uh, the la- last segment of the show, uh, Chris, why-, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, Wright, your-, your most recent short film, and honestly, your, your work in general that y- you- you'd like to highlight and where people could check it out if they can. Yeah, uh, so Wright's is a film I just recently finished, um, as in like maybe only, only a month ago. Uh, it's kind of like a, an occult themed uh, horror romance uh, is, is a way I, I kind of like to think of it um, with some hints of, you know, B-movie kind of action uh, and gore and violence. I, you know, I just think it's so much fun and it's so much fun to film that. So we have that going on there a little bit. It's about a, a gentleman named Sal who has very, a very severe case of uh, obsessive compulsive neurosis. Um, and he has these really weird rituals, these rites that he kind of has to fulfill in order for him to, you know, feel uh, normal um, and, and keep kind of his equilibrium, uh, one of which is washing his hands, you know, at exactly 7.37 p.m. every night. Uh, and he loses uh, his, the love of his life, uh, Amy, she, who is actually a practitioner in the dark arts. And she is uh, attacked and kidnapped. And uh, 
he, at the start of the film, is attempting to undergo this kind of dark ritual with this psychic uh, named Katerina to forget uh, Amy, to kind of leave her, leave her behind um, and move on. And he ends up uh, doing something a little bit trickier than that and ends up uh, kind of um, fooling uh, Katerina a little bit. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, I, I really enjoyed kind of uh, the blending of genres, um, but like, I, you know, I'm just like curious after like watching it, would you consider it um, like a breakup movie? Cause that's what the, that's kind of the impression I got. A breakup movie? Yeah, where am I like? I like that interpretation. I mean, I never really thought of it that way, but um, yeah, I mean, again, it's, there's something really just kind of simple about it it's really just about this relationship mm -hmm. uh between between sal sal and amy um yeah it's almost kind of i guess it is kind of like a breakup movie i mean you know they they go through the split uh and then he really has to kind of prove himself i guess in a way or redeem himself uh, uh to to get her back yeah. yeah that's an interesting uh insight yeah yeah, no, I was just, I was just curious, just like at the top of my head, because I was like, huh, you know, like that's like kind of similar emotions, like you know, he's trying to, you know, at the yeah, end. definitely, yeah, but that's um, cool. yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, can you talk a little bit, just kind of like your process, like of uh, just like writing it, like because I know, because you sent me like some of the Google Drive, like way, little like way back ago, just kind of like, you know, your, uh, you know, you make. It seems like you did like a lot of notes and then just kind of like the, you know, the process of just like writing the, the film. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it, it really started, I guess, just with a lot of kind of broad ideas to begin with. Uh, I knew I'd, I wanted to do something occult based uh, just because I had been reading a lot of occult literature, Richard Cavendish, uh, Scott Cunningham, um, both from the right-hand path and the left-hand path. And uh, just, you know, and also too, to be honest, a hereditary oh. uh, was just something that it's just excited me so much. Uh, as flawed and crazy as that movie is, there, there's still something about it that really just kind of got into my soul in a lot of ways and, and really um, just got me excited. Uh, and and uh, not only for horror cinema in general, but also just for some of its themes and its topics. Um, and because I had never actually, I'd never heard of like Paimon, right. Which is in, oh. <laughs> he's like the, one of the nine, uh, Kings of hell or something, you know? And, and so I was like, what this is. And then the sigil of Paimon in, in, in the film, uh, which I had never seen before. Uh, and it was just so hideous and just scared the shit out of me. And, um, so I kind of just went down that rabbit hole for a while and was re reading a lot of stuff. And I was like, what can I do? you know, like in my apartment, yeah. like that is fun, that it's scary, but it's also kind of lighthearted, you know, has almost like a sci-fi horror thing, you know, it, you know, um, there's action to it. And uh, I don't know, I, I started, I, when I write, uh, I uh, usually start with um, just a blank page, obviously, uh, but I, I'm not using a um, a film. I'm not using like a writing software mm -hmm. or anything like that uh, at the beginning. I'm using usually just a Google uh, Doc and just bullet points, and I kind of just like go for it. Um, and I don't hold back because I'm fully aware that it, you know later it's not going to be hardly any of this anyway. And uh, I really just like dump it all out and just any ideas that come to me uh, that I'm thinking, uh, I'll write down, um, I'll let it sit for a day and then I'll come back the next day and then I'll tweak some things. I'll add some things here and there. Um, and then once I feel like, you know, I have, I worked on the characters for quite a bit, um, their backstories, uh, Saul, Amy and Katarina, um, probably way more than necessary. Um, but I had a, a pretty extensive backstory that I came up with all, for all three of them. Uh, and, you know, I, I think once I had a, a decent idea of, of a plot that excited me, uh, a log line 
that I felt that I that I felt was working and was was tight. Then I just started writing the script, uh, and then as I'm writing the script, I'm kind of you know picking. I'm I'm taking notes as I write the script. I have two monitors, so I'm working on the script, and then you know I'll just write random ass completely random ass ideas on just another Google Doc, just to kind of have so that then when I do a revision, I might incorporate those things. Um, yeah, I just rewrote it. I think I rewrote it maybe seven or eight times. Um, and I remember there being, you know, a couple of things where I was like, how the fuck do I make like this work? How do I get it to where like his motivation is clear here? Uh, and then just through kind of like, you know, chipping away at it, uh, the solution, you know, presents itself. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the backstories of the show, just you know, you have like, um, you have him just like always this obsessive compulsive like tendencies. So you know, that that kind of showed through uh, through the short film. I was going to add. Um, I wanted to ask, like, did you ever get like when you're doing your research? Because it seems like you know your outlining process is really thorough. Did you ever get like when you're just like reading all this, like, like creeped out? You're like, all right, like that's that's enough for me tonight. Like hmm. reading all this like war and all that. Cause like, um, not too much. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I guess just because I was, I, I feel like I was approaching it with a certain amount of reverence, mm -hmm. uh, in that, you know, but also kind of balanced out balanced with, I feel like a healthy amount of skepticism or in incredulity or whatever, if you will, you know, just kind of like, Oh, this is, you know, I, I, I guess I just kept thinking of myself as a filmmaker and it's like, okay, my job as a horror filmmaker is to make people feel gross and scared. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I'm just going to go there and I'm going to really look into this. Um, I would say one of the scariest things actually was just researching OCD and researching uh, just, you know, different uh, neuroses because uh, that's a, just a whole freaky rabbit hole uh, that that you can go down. Um, but I mean, I like to hear you ask that question because th that makes me wonder if you watching it, if you had like a bit of a creeped out uh, feel, like a little bit, like I was because I was going to ask, like some of the uh, like the props and everything like seemed really like authentic, like um, yeah, like did you like how how did you go about like acquiring like all right, I need a uh, and you like a statue of like a devil. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a statue. That's a statue of Baphomet. And uh, I got that, I think, off of Amazon, to be, to oh. be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. The, Am um, the Amazon guy was like, are you, are you sure <laughs> you want to buy this book? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is intimidating, uh, but that was really part of the fun. Yeah. And I also feel like that, you know, that lens kind of an authenticity uh to the film itself um because the film scares me uh personally i mean it's fun you know he's he's literally fighting demons with a knife you know what i'm yeah. saying so there's like a there's a fun attitude i i hope that kind of is communicated through it um yeah. like, almost uh, like an action yeah i was gonna say like some of the like the blood and the gore and the effects like really have like kind of that like pulpy look to it and then also um like kind of reminded me of uh like the uh, Keanu Reeves Constantine was it you know yeah cool yeah mm -hmm. I, I actually really I only saw Constantine I think once or twice when it first came out and I actually really liked Constantine yeah, it's it's good like you know I, th I think that's like a pretty pretty good movie mm -hmm. um well yeah I mean uh the uh, I really would love for you guys to see the my previous film The Limits um because it's even I mean, it's probably three times as grandiose. Yeah, like, the, uh, like in the terms budget. of yeah, mm -hmm. the budget for that one like seemed like pretty, like you know, pretty, uh, pretty substantial. Yeah, substantial. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was crazy. I mean, that's not how you make a short film. That's not how I would recommend a starting filmmaker to make their <laughs> short <laughs> film. Yeah. Uh, but we were lucky in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, we were able to do it actually by saving, while also saving a lot of money. 
Uh, and so I was like, fuck it, you know, let's do it. Uh, and it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, I mean, I, obviously I'm not unbiased. (laughs) It's my movie, but, uh, it is though. I mean, I would love for you guys to see it. Um, uh, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I love the trailer, like for the limits where you have like that disclaimer, like, right. Yeah. Totally unnecessary. Um, if anything, I I almost regret that. It's like, why? But, uh, I thought like that, that made it like that, like, you know, kind of got the feel of it. It's fun, and I, you know, I wanted to do kind of like a, you know, like a grindhouse sort of, you know, uh, just grimy, grungy. The limits is really, really just wonderfully grungy, uh, in in a lot of ways, Um, and it's just, it's just literally pure action, Um, action special effects. We had real uh, uh, in-camera detonations. Uh, so we didn't use CGI explosions. I mean, these were massive fucking bombs uh, <laughs> that we set off with black powder. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of cool stuff. I, I would love for you guys to see the limits. Oh yeah, definitely. did you ever get like? Any, did you ever like nervous a little bit with like uh, some of the explosions or like just have a reaction? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, too, and on on rights, um, we the scene where he goes to kind of the underworld to the cliff off and where he, he fights, you know, these demons, um, you know, he's surrounded by those torches and, and those are the same torches that we used in the limits. And that was really scary because they, the wind was blowing like crazy that night mm. and it was just blowing chunks of flame everywhere. And it would land on the grass and grass would catch on fire. We had to use fire extinguishers and there's part where, you know, uh, where talent actually had to like lay down between you know these torches and i'm like oh my god like i'm i'm going to jail like this, <laughs> this, this is um but amazingly in in both maybe i shouldn't say this but yeah i am I'm kind of amazed that in both films nobody uh got hurt because we did some really crazy stuff uh in in, in both movies but yeah the uh movie were on your side looking they were looking you know positively on you you know i i have a a question about starting out with budgeting uh what do you fund these by yourself do you do like a kickstarter gofundme kind of thing um how, how do you go about starting that process once you have the script and everything else in line yeah, so no, uh, I'm kind of a maniac and I didn't do any crowdfunding, actually. Um, so uh, a lot of it was uh, money that I had available, um, you know, credit cards, <laughs> uh, you know, asking asking people uh, for money. But I, yeah, I, I definitely on, on future projects, uh, I'm planning to get a little bit, uh, I guess, more um, prudent with that. I suppose, uh, and yeah, do some do some like real crowdfunding um, around a project. Yeah, because I I really kind of just jumped in uh, yeah. for for both of these. No, for sure. I mean, like yeah, like Sam Raimi did, you know, some similar stuff to like Fun Evil Dead. So yeah, I, I mean, I I'm gonna ask what uh, what advice you would give to up and coming starter filmmakers, you know, cause like, like uh, the best piece of advice I ever heard was stop telling, uh, stop telling people you're an aspiring filmmaker and just like do it. So I love to hear that. You're just like, I just did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I like they also put the addendum, like maybe don't start with explosions and stuff though, yeah, but um, yeah. Any advice you'd have? Yeah. Um, I always have the same piece of advice every time someone asks me and it really is, to the effect of what you said, which is just fucking do it. Um, because that is the thing with any art form uh, is, you know, you don't really need any advice. Uh, the, the less I feel like you feel like you need advice, the more likely you are to actually start making films. And then you can start getting advice. Uh, but if you keep just asking, you know, you know, how do I do this? How do I, you know, how do I start? How do I, uh, I feel like you're, you're going to slow yourself down. And, and, and I also feel like you're, um, you are putting yourself in danger of becoming more disheartened that way. Whereas if you say, you know what, I love movies and I have movies in my head, like I'm just going to fucking do it. If you do it that way, 
in my opinion, then I feel like you are less likely to get discouraged because yeah. because at that point it's more of just a creed it's more of kind of a code it's just like it's just something that i do i'm just going to keep doing it i don't care what people think i don't care even if it turns out as well as i hope or as good as i hope right because i'm just going to keep on going uh and i'm going to get better and better and better um and so i like to think of it again as like i said more of like a um again, just kind of a code that you have. It's just something that you do. Um, the same with a writer, you know, they always, they, there's that cliche saying, well, what makes a writer? A writer writes, you know, uh, well, you need to actually do some writing if you want to be a writer. Well, you need to do some filmmaking if you want to be a filmmaker. So I'll, I'll start off with that. But I realize that's not gonna be um, satisfying to a lot of people. So I guess I'll add, this I'll, I'll actually go against what i just said to do and i will actually give some advice um and that would be you know first of all don't think that you need x y and z right a lot of filmmakers think oh i just i need this camera and i need uh you know this uh whatever this editing software and i need this and this and then i'm ready to go and I feel like we're all kind of filmmakers are collectively realizing together, uh, or at least I feel like in the last couple of years, I've started to really realize that that's just complete bullshit. Um, you know, if you have a camera that can shoot 1080p, right, you have everything that you need, right? If you have a camera that can shoot 1080p and you can, and you have Google Docs, or you have a pen and a paper for that matter, that's literally all you fucking need. Yeah. Um, because from there, those two things, you can, you know, the real hard work comes in, comes down to, you know, what can I do with uh, this limited means? And that's why I say, you know, don't start making movies the way I started making movies. It's, it's not really a good example with the limits. Uh, I'll just be completely honest about that. Um, you know, they had that saying, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Um, and that's something that I <laughs> am only recently learning uh you know after spending all this money and making these movies i don't have any regrets because i think they're awesome movies but um it's still an incredibly valuable lesson and it's it's something that is uh you know i think all artists agree upon uh that really your creative power comes down to um what it is that you can do so you know i would just say again to kind of wrap this up number one just like do it, just start doing it. Uh, and then, you know, number two, um, you know, learn to really love what it is that you have available to you uh, because then that'll kind of open doors for what you can do creatively with what uh, you already have. And that will, you know, make you a better, better filmmaker, uh, make you a more resourceful filmmaker. Um, yeah, and then you'll be unstoppable. Right. Oh, words to live by yeah on on that note uh gene anything else we we want to go over before we tap out oh yeah um just because we're just a little light on time but um uh chris can you talk a little just about like the festivals right now because i know you are submitting you had like the limits at the popcorn fried fest last last year i believe yeah um, just how do you how do you feel about that because most of them are online now so just you want to talk a little bit about that if anyone's like interested yeah i mean it uh it kind of sucks in a lot of ways with covid i don't even know i don't honestly uh not to get not to really be a debbie downer all of a sudden <laughs> but it, i really wonder the future of of this and it's like if all film festivals are going to be online i guess i guess that could end up being cool you yeah. know um but that is very unappealing to me personally um i had so much fun you know going to festivals for the limits you know talking to people meeting people like being uh, you know around people and seeing uh you know these movies on this on a big screen i mean that is what it's all about and you know not to be insensitive to covid or anything like that but we gotta find a, in my humble personal you know I might not know shit about it opinion. <laughs> yeah. We got to find a way 
to keep that alive. I'm mm-hmm. sure there is a way. I mean, we're they're finding clever ways, you know, to uh, to keep other businesses going, um, and, and to and you know, I think to somewhat relatively contain it. Yeah. And in my opinion, we got to find a way to do that for the film industry. Yeah. Because it is the communal aspect of watching a movie that is, uh, I think, such an essential uh, and unique part of the art form. Yeah. Um, is experiencing that with, especially with, you know, people that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just so much fun. Well, um, I, w- I was going to say uh, for this festival, it's called Beyond Fest. Uh, I think I probably mentioned it. They did their festival like it was all drive-in. So like, you know, oh, they, cool. yeah, like they, that's what they did this year. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there'll be ways, um, I I mean, and my hope too also is that, you know, we'll have a vaccine uh, and it looks like that's coming early next year, uh, at least first quarter next year. Uh, And, you know, a lot of the big festivals uh, that are coming up aren't coming up until at least uh, next summer or and next fall. So about a year from now. So, you know, my hope is that um, those festivals will just kind of be, they'll have something going on uh, that it, it is somewhat, um, somewhat resembles what was going on before. Because yeah. the, I'm, I'm a little worried about, you know, this idea of just everything going online. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the, I think there is a possibility that that some of these festivals coming up uh, that hopefully we'll be able to get rights into will, um, you know, at least some of them hopefully will be in person. Yeah, yeah, you're just hoping. I mean, hey, we can't like predict the future for the next year. And like, we, you know, when we went into 2020, like we had no idea this was going to happen. So like maybe in 2021, we'll see the opposite of that, you know? That'd be, that'd be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I like your optimism. Yeah, like, you know, some some positive thoughts. I don't know. Like, hopefully, we'll see what happens. Like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'm, like, thinking out there. On that note, know. let's wrap up the show. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. Uh, where can the people find you? Uh, where can they find your work, if, if available? And, uh, yeah, social media. Is any other plugs you'd like to give uh, to send the good people on their way? Wow. I feel so unprepared. I, I should have known that you're going to ask that. Uh, I'm so bad. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so bad. No, that's, that's such a great thing and favor of you to do for me to ask that. And I, and I wish I was more prepared because um, I'm so shitty with uh, social media, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, I have... Um, I have two accounts on uh, Instagram. Uh, the one that is more filmmaking based is my Moonshift Pictures uh, account. So on there, you know, I'm I'm getting, I I kind of uh, fell off the horse recently, so to speak, and and, ha- and wasn't posting for a while. Um, but lately, I've I've been biting the bullet and I've been trying to remember to post more yeah. uh, on that account. So yeah, my Moonshift Pictures account. Um, uh, also on Facebook, and then uh, also have another account on Instagram, uh, Ulbricht0128. Uh, I don't think anybody will remember that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if 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 anybody wants to keep up with with uh, what I'm doing uh, with Moonshift, definitely check it out. I have an uh, actually a new film that I'm working on right now uh, called White Rabbit, um, that uh, is all female cast, uh, very kind of psychedelic horror. I'm really excited about. Um, I'm in the middle of a, of a tenth, actually, a rewrite of the script, and you know it's getting starting to get kind of good. So um, I don't know when I would actually be filming that, uh, but yeah, that could be, that yeah. could be the next one. So we'll well, see. I was going to say uh, the rights also has uh, Instagram too. Do you? Uh, yeah, rights movies. Rights does has does have Instagram. I. Uh, okay. I neglected it a little oh, bit, uh, and and I, I need I need to get back on that. I, I really, um, it, yeah, this is like one of my biggest weaknesses is 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 kind of marketing myself and, and social networking. So, um, but yeah, Moonshift Moonshift Pictures, right? Uh, and then uh, there's also my my personal account. 
on there as well. So, nice. yeah. yeah, we'll uh, definitely put the links below for all those. And cool. Thank you guys. Yeah, of course. And Gene, where can the people find you? Uh, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene nine eight nine two. It's the same. And you can follow me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. I think I got them all this time. <laughs> uh, we can get early access to episodes like this over at the Patreon for just $3 a month. Uh, coming at you with hopefully some, some new commentaries and stuff like that. Uh, got an early sneak peek at Legend of Korra stuff coming out. And uh, yes, happy holidays. Everyone stay safe, stay warm. We've been professionally unprofessional. Oh.